and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. We're going to discuss the imperatives and the indicatives that go along with that out of the Greek. And that doesn't sound as scary. It's not scary at all. But you will understand what we're talking about when we get into it. So let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time in your word. I pray, Father, that you would guide this, control this, that I would speak your words in truth and in love, that we would see just how important it is that we, we make Christ the central part of everything in our life, that he is the first and foremost in every thought and in everything we do, and that everything that we have consists from our relationship with Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you allowed him to come down off his throne and pay the price that we so rightly deserved, and that he rose again from the dead to grant us righteousness through his blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, discipleship. Tonight, when we talk about it, I I want to talk about it as far as with Jesus Christ, we need to understand there's no such thing as a casual believer. With Christ, it's either all or nothing. There's nobody nobody really straddling the fence. It's, It's you believe or you don't believe. You're, you're, you're in Christ and serving Christ and understand what he did for you, or you have nothing. You're lost, and you're playing a game that is only going to end in misery and in failure. So I looked at this. I, I made this really simple. The Greek word mentheno is uh, for disciple, and I googled it because that's the easiest way to get your answers for almost anything. (laughs) And 261 times, some form of the word disciple comes up through all four gospels and acts, and that's really where the word is used, all four gospels and acts, as Christ is setting up his church that the apostles would take forward. So discipleship requires commitment. So let's look at some of the standard definitions of commitment. Because unless we get on the same page on what we're talking about for commitment, how can we know what we're talking about for discipleship? So the Oxford Dictionary says, it's a state or quality of being dedicated to a cause and activity, so on and so forth. So you're following something you believe, and you're following it with your whole heart. That's commitment. The definition from the Strong's Concordance is parathike. It's a deposit, something committed to one's charge or trust. What has been committed to one's charge or trust? Our following of Jesus Christ. That's what's been given to us, is Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, has implanted the new man in us. He's removed our old man, given us a new man, given us the ability to understand and desire Christ Jesus. That's what he's given us. 
That's what he wants us to rightly pursue with all our heart. That's commitment. And then we have um, we have the Thayer's Greek lexicon that the only difference Thayer's added to it was to trust to one's faithful keeping. So Thayer says not only are you supposed to be dedicated to it and search through it with your whole heart, but it should be a faithful pursuit, something that you do all the time. And now the most important definition is Randy's definition, (laughs) which I have down here, because this is really how I set up how I determined this, uh, this study. And it's dedicating oneself to the pursuit and lifestyle of that which has been committed to you by the Holy Spirit. To empty yourself of all previous pursuits that would interfere with this one pursuit, the knowledge and service of Jesus Christ. That's commitment. That's a commitment God expects of us. That's the commitment we should expect of ourselves. That is where we should go, and that is, and we're going to ask some questions of ourselves tonight, and they're going to get back to this, this study of commitment and how important it is. So there's no greater calling in this life than discipleship in Jesus Christ. The golden night is for each of us to assess that level of commitment by answering these three questions. I was going to say these three questions, but that would not go well. I'm going to go these three questions. First one, how dedicated to the cause of Christ am I personally? How dedicated am I to keeping the charge and trusted by Christ to me personally? And do I see discipleship as an interference or hindrance in my life or an anchor to my soul and the purpose for my being? These are pretty important questions. And then I have some questions for prisoners, but I'm not going to ask you those. (laughs) We're going to skip that. So we're going to get to Matthew chapter 7, Asked seek knock I like to start here because this is a series of three imperatives followed by a series of three indicatives so in the Greek language when something is repeated it's important so here we have God giving us three commands followed by three assurances now these commands aren't you do this or um, something bad is going to happen to you A command can be something as earnest as, if you do this, I'll give you this. If you do this, this will happen. And that's what we're talking about here. If you do this, you can expect this in exchange for that. If you follow my word, I will answer you. If you ask, I will answer. If you seek, you will find. That's what we're getting on tonight. So these three Imperative commands are not a warning, but an encouragement. And the three commands are reliable truths, and we know that because they're indicatives also. So there's one other thing in the Greek language when it comes to a verb that's really important. So in the Greek language, you have mood, root, and tense. 
So the mood, this is in the indicative or the imperative mood. The root, um, the tense is active um, tense or the aorist tense. This is what we're really getting at tonight. This is in an active, active tense for us, meaning we do this. And the mood is in the, well, it's in the present tense, active voice. That's what I was trying to get at. So we have the present tense and the active voice. And what that's telling us in all of this is that we are doing it. That's the active voice. We have to do it ourselves. This, and we're going to get to why that's important. We are doing this, and we're doing it all the time. That's the present tense. Okay? So keep that in mind. God is saying, Christ is saying, the apostles are saying, through the Holy Spirit, I want you to do this all the time. So ask, seek, knock, all imperatives, all in the act of voice. Ask is a request, a petition, even a demand. It is not let go and let God. That's not part of our doctrine here, let go and let God. This is how can I serve you, Lord? What should I do? How can, how can I do what you're asking of me? Show me my sins. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Those are the things we're supposed to be asking. Seek is to resolve or to, re- to search for it. Desire with your whole heart is required for this. So this requires personal time in the word and prayer, faithfulness in worship, personal time. That's the consistency we're talking about. And I, I've spoke about it before. Is Christ the first thing on your mind when you get up and the last thing on your mind when you go to bed? Does Christ come before you look at the news or after you look at the news? Does Christ come before you go on your jog or after you go on your jog? Whatever it is, how are you putting Christ in your life and are you confident that Christ is first in everything that you're doing? Knock is to beat on a door. Demand even to gain entrance, refusing to be left outside. So this is an overwhelming desire to be in the presence of the Lord. Just as David cried, O Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So we have to see that we need to feel the intensity of what Christ is speaking with here. We need to We need to work out many things in our life. And the things that we need to work out in our lives are only worked out through Jesus Christ. Are only worked out through us having this drive, this zeal, this desire, this earnest care of the word. This this longing for Jesus Christ. That's the only way we work out these desires in our life. There's no other way around it. So do you feel the intensity Christ is speaking with here? We get, we get many things worked out in our lives, but we need to get worked out first and foremost, where is Jesus Christ in our life? That's the first thing we need to work out. John chapter 6, when Jesus talks about eating his body and drinking his blood, that drove, it says at that time, many of his disciples left him. Yeah, no kidding. He's talking about true commitment. 
There was no, no true commitment there. He wasn't talking about the communion dinner because that hadn't started yet. He was talking about going all the way back to Exodus and talking about the sacrificial lamb. He's saying, I am that lamb. And if you're going to be saved, you're eating my flesh and you're drinking my blood. That's what that was all about. They, ooh, that's more than I want to deal with. But it can't be more than what we want to deal with. It has to be the basis of our life. So verse 8 says, For everyone who asks receives, and everyone that seeks finds, and everyone that knocks is open to them. So see, now we get the promises. These are the indicatives. These are the three indicatives. Emphatic statements of truth that can neither be rejected or ignored. It's a promise. If you truly ask and you ask from your heart, from your heart, you will receive because you're asking what God wants you to ask. And God always answers what is asked according to his will. We know that, right? According to 1 John. So we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And your sins are many. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Your sins are many, dear ones. But his mercy is more. We need to always remember his mercy is more. If we ask, he will answer. He says, if you seek intently to find God's will and guidance in your life, you will find it. God does not withhold blessings from us. He doesn't withhold blessings from his children. If you are in Christ, God does not say, I'm not going to answer that because you've been bad and I need to teach you a lesson. That's not how God works. That's how we in our sin work. God in his mercy says, I will move you along and I will teach you the lessons you need to teach. But if you reach out to God, he'll grab you. He's never far from you. So he's saying, if you seek me, you will find me. That's a promise. If you really, really want me, I'm there. If you want me because you have a boo-boo and you haven't been following me and you aren't truly going to follow me, you just want me to take care of this for you so you can get back to what you're doing, no, forget about it. It's not going to happen. That's not true righteousness. That's not going before God with a broken heart, and God's not going to hear that. But if we seek God with all of our heart, he hears that. So we have, just like David said, save me, Lord, I'm yours. That's the kind of seeking we want. Samuel says, speak to me, Lord, your servant is listening. That's the kind of seeking we want. That's the kind of seeking we have to have. That's the intent desire of the heart. And God answered those prayers. Because God will always answer prayer. When it's, it's given in humility and, and is giving in repentance. And we are to desperately be knocking on the door, seeking fellowship with God and desiring to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. And he will open the door. This is a heart condition, dear ones. If you're truly asking, if you're truly seeking, if you're truly knocking... Know that these signs are because the Holy Spirit is active in your life and those things are going to be answered. They may not be answered 
like Pastor John was talking about this morning, the way you want them answered, or in the time frame that you wanted them answered, or how you thought they needed to be answered. I always go back to when I'm talking about prayer. When Peter was released from prison, and he shows up, and he's knocking at the door, and Rona shows up, and she, she hears his voice, and she runs back and says, Peter at the door, nah. They've been praying for him. Nah, he's not at the door. He goes back. He's knocking on the door. She goes back. Oh, really? Peter's at nah, I can't be at the door. They were praying, but they had determined in their mind what the answer to that prayer was going to look like. They were, they were just seeking God to answer their prayer. They were telling God how they wanted him to answer that. And God wasn't answering it that way, so they didn't see it. How many times have we done that in our life? How many times have we asked God something earnestly and say, God's just not answering me. He's answered you. You're just not seeing the answer because you're not looking for God's answer. You want God to answer it the way you want God to answer it. And that's not how God works. He's sovereign. He does things on his time, in his way. So the point of this tonight, we're getting close to our time, and I'm not going to bust things and have them come up here and tackle me and take the mic away. That always looks bad. But what we're getting at here is that there needs to be, see, this is covenant language that Christ is speaking with. He's not giving them demands and then telling them, if you do that, I do this. He's saying, we're in a covenant together. You are my body. You are my church. You, you will be blessed by me, but I want you to grow in me. And how do you grow in me? You grow in me by asking, seeking, demanding, knocking. You don't grow without those things. We don't grow by osmosis. You can get on a reading plan and you can read through your Bible five times in a year. If you didn't read through your Bible with the idea that you wanted to be closer to God, it didn't mean spit. And you got nothing out of it other than maybe you learned a few new words. Right? But if you read a paragraph every day, and you really, really searched in that paragraph, and you really, really want to know what that paragraph meant, how it, how it was addressing your life, you would grow like a weed. Because it all is based on desire and commitment. Discipleship is a way of life. Not something, we got saved, we're a disciple, now we go about our business. Discipleship is a way of life. And we learn that way of life day by day and, and the way that we, God moves us along in our individual lives. And none of those two lives are going to look alike. But our discipleship is alike because we're all supposed to be asking, we're all supposed to be seeking, and we're all supposed to be knocking. And when we all are doing that, we are vibrant Christians growing in Christ, and we are the light of the world People are drawn to the church, and we'll have to build out this church, and we'll look like a mega church. Oh, probably not. But we will be teaching the truth of God. We'll be growing in God. We will be a body in Christ who loves one another, seeks one another's 
um, fellowship and is there for one another and everything that happens. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you for your word that is always true, always active, always can be depended on, always to be trusted. Father, you are God. There is none else. You created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. You gave us your spirit. You changed our hearts. You caused us to dwell in you. And we thank you, Father, that you've forgiven our sins. Father, bless all these as they go home tonight. Give them traveling mercies. Bless their week as they seek you, uh, ask you, and knock at your door that you would open to them and fellowship with them and that they would grow in Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.